Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I was born in Pecos, Texas. Now, Pecos has the distinction, and I know that some, uh, I know that there's other opinions out there, and those opinions are wrong. That's okay. It's okay to be wrong. But Pecos, Texas is home of the world's first rodeo. Okay. Now, there's some other places that have that claim to distinction, but they're wrong, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. I've been wrong a lot of times in my life. But, you know, I, I grew up in Pecos in the 4th of July rodeo, which it's not even on the 4th of July anymore, but that's beside the point. But the 4th of July rodeo in Pecos, Texas was, I mean, that, that's where you went. Okay. And they, they had a couple of events, you know, for the local people. They had uh, one of them being the wild mare race. And now if you've never seen a wild mare race, what they do is they put six wild mares or wild called, they're not all mares, but they call it the wild mare race. They put six wild horses that's never been saddled in each of the buckout chutes. And they put a halter with a long lead rope on. And then Quail Dobbs used to get out there with his big old shotgun and he'd boom, he'd shoot this shotgun off and they'd open up every single gate. And all of these horses would come piling out and they'd have one guy that was on the anchor holding it. And then you'd have another dumb son, I mean, another cowboy that would uh, run up there and jump on the horse's head and attempt to hold him down. And then another dumb, I mean, another cowboy would come up and put a saddle on it and then cinch it up and get on and ride it. Now you got three guesses of who I was. <laughs> I was that third dummy. I, I was the guy that, that rode. My dad was usually uh, the anchor or him and my dad and my brother a lot of times uh, switched off. One time I, I, I did it with Lee Baker. He was my best friend uh, there in Texas and, and we did it one time and I'd like to give a shout out to him. He got busted up by a cow, found out this morning. He got broken bones and everything. So, Lee, if you're watching, get well, buddy. We'll get in another wild mare race. You're bigger now. You can hold them down better. And anyway, uh, so I always wanted, man, to win. That was a highlight to me of the Pecos Rodeo was the wild mare race because you, know, you have these cowboys come in, they're professionals, but these are just normal people getting out there. I mean, yeah, people, it's kind of like watching NASCAR. You don't watch NASCAR to see who wins. You watch NASCAR to see who wrecks, right? And that's why you did it. That's why you did the wild mare race was to watch the wrecks. But, you know, I wanted to win that wild mare race so bad that I'd, I'd go home and I'd get on Colts just so I didn't get bucked off because I didn't want to get bucked off in front of, you know, 10,000 people or however many people were there. But, you know, I wanted to be the wild mare race champion. And so I, I'd get on Colts. I mean, I, I sat there and I researched because what you got to do is once you get on, you got to ride it all the way down the arena to a barrel. And once you get past that barrel, you got to unsaddle your horse. Now, that, that's where the wrecks a lot of times happen because what we do is we put a quick release seatbelt on the offside cinch. And so you're running down there at nine oh, and then you hit that latch and your saddle's no longer on the horse. There's some good wrecks. So I had, you know, I, I got it made up where the, where the saddle, you know, would come off easy. And I even built my own cinch out of an old rubber tire, you know, put D rings on it and everything. So it would hold better and everything. And so, uh, <laughs> the, the last time I was in it, I got up there and it's me and my dad and my brother and that horse comes out, my dad's anchor and my little brother, 
my little bigger brother, is going to jump on this horse's head, and he gets her, and he gets her quiet pr- pretty quickly. And I run up there, and I throw my saddle on, and I go to cinch it up. Well, I had made my cinch too long because she was just kind of a little old yearling thing. And whenever I cinched it up like that, the two D rings hit, dink, and there was still about this much space. I was like, ah. Oh. What do you do, right? It's a race. So you just tie it off and you just get on. So like literally get on a horse with nothing's holding it on, right? And so what else can you do? So they gave me the rope. I said, turn her loose, boys, and I'm just going to try to keep my balance, right? And so she takes off just running and I'm like, yes, thank you, God. I don't think I got the God out. Because she took a big old jump, not really, not really a jump like, like a bucking horse. She just kind of reared up as she was running. And if that's never happened to you, that's a strange feeling when a horse rears up and kind of runs on its back legs for about two strides and then hits the ground and stops. Well, you got two guesses. This is a guessing game today about what happened when she reared up, took about two strides on those back feet and then just planted all four feet and put her head down. She took me off like a Hanes undershirt. I had both feet still in the stirrups and I had the rein still in my hand and I am scorpioned on the ground. Well, when she sucked out of that saddle, she reared up and guess where she come down? You ever seen that old guy when they do the tap dancing? (laughs) That's what she did all over my back and all over my head. All I remember is hitting the ground The oxygen left the world, and then somebody brought a bunch of professional baseball players, and they wore me out with about 900 baseball bats. That's what it felt like. And I remember laying there going, what in the world happened? I was a little bit kind of cockeyed and dizzy, and I remember rolling over. (laughs) This is the funniest thing. I, I seriously, as vivid as I am standing here right now, I remember rolling over and I can see the, the arena lights, your big, big arena. And I thought, those are pretty. I've never noticed them before. Everybody should see this. <laughs> I'm not silly people. <laughs> and then somebody ruined my vision of loveliness and that was my little brother. And he gets over me like this. And now all I can see is his ugly mug. He said, are you okay? I said, well, yeah, did we win? He said, not even close. (laughs) Oh, good times. Good times. But, you know, I wanted that buckle so bad. I really did. And and, and I didn't just show up on the night of the rodeo of 4th of July to try to win the buckle. I prepared, and and I was in it for like five or six years in a row. I mean, I prepared year after year to try to win this buckle. Try to, and I made it to the finals several times. They had the prelims each night, and first and second place that won the first three nights got to go to the, to the finals, and that was the finals whenever that deal happened. But, you know, in, in five places in Scripture, the Apostle Paul talks about a reward that we will receive in heaven. He talks about five different crowns for people's achievements that they get while for the service that they did on earth. The very first one that Paul talks about is a thing called the crown of righteousness. Now, you know, a lot of times I'm not trying to change scripture or anything like that, but I have to put things in words that I can understand. And so as a cowboy, 
I like buckles. Okay, because every every cowboy knows about you know a trophy buckle, and 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 I had actually texted Clint Corey to see if he was going to be here today so he could show you his his PRCA World Champion bareback riding buckle. But every cowboy knows what a buckle is, and in Second Timothy, Paul talks about a crown of righteousness, or one way that I like to call it is the buckle of integrity. Okay, the buckle of integrity. Second Timothy four, seven and eight. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I've remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness or let's call it the buckle of integrity, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Now, what, what is the crown of righteousness? What is the buckle of integrity? Now, what that means is it means doing what the, the buckle of integrity is going to be given to those cowboys and cowgirls that do what is right down here. Okay, and we all know how hard that is. I mean, we can all claim, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what is right. But you know what? Doing the right thing every single time no matter what, is not as easy as it sounds. But there's going to be a buckle of integrity, a crown of righteousness waiting on those cowboys and cowgirls that while they are down here, that they conduct their lives in righteousness and integrity. Righteousness or integrity is doing the right thing no matter who's watching. Because, you know, once again, a lot of people, they, they can do what is right as long as somebody's watching. You know, they'll, they'll do something and kind of look over their shoulder to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing. But can you do what is right even when no single person will ever know? There's been two things in my life that not even my wife knows about. And she will never know about them. Because it was something that I did and God told me, Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. And, and, and you know, I, deep inside me, I kind of wanted to tell somebody because it, it was cool. And I really felt like God was working through me. And God just kind of told me, he said, this is between me and you and that, that fellow that you helped out. That's just, it's, just, it's just between us. You don't worry about who knows because the only one that knows is me and you. And I'm the only one that matters. The buckle of integrity is waiting and we would be worn by the champion who lived his life by the code of doing the right thing, no matter what. And isn't that something that we should all strive for? I mean, we, we talk about Christianity, and, 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 I, and I think that we have replaced the law of Moses with some other, like, law of the New Testament, where if you're a good Christian, you do this, and, you know, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't cuss. No, no, okay? You know what it is? It's about doing the right thing. It's about following God. That's what God wants from you. Not a nut. We didn't trade one list of rules to follow for another list of rules to follow. God wants you to be cowboys and cowgirls of integrity. He wants you to do the right thing. And when you do the right thing, you're going to get a buckle of righteousness, a crown of righteousness, a buckle of integrity that you will wear forever for those that are strong enough to do it. The next crown that Paul talks about is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is called the, the crown of temperance, okay? Now, I'm sure most of y'all are smarter than I am, but I had to really study on this one because I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know what that really meant, the crown of temperance. But instead of temperance, I'd like to use the word surrender, okay? 
the buckle of surrender. In second and first Corinthians nine, 24 and 27, Paul says this, do you not know that those who run the race all run, but one who, but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, let me put that in layman's terms. Okay, what he's talking about is those that focused on what was important. You think about a professional athlete, you know, we, especially in America, we really honor football players baseball players, basketball players, soccer players, whoever, professional athletes. Think of Olympians. You know, an Olympic, you know, let's just take Michael Phelps, that, 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 that fish guy. Anyway, that dude, he didn't just show up at the Olympics every four years and put his little, his little bikini bottom on and swim, you know, faster than a dolphin, okay? That dude got up every single morning and he was out there working his butt off and, you know, he would diet. And, and I mean, he pushed his body to the limit. Well, there was some, there was a lot of dedication there and there was a lot of surrender. I, you know, I, I don't think that these professional athletes, at least in their heyday, they are not sitting around drinking a six pack of Cokes and eating 12 dozen, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts. They are very disciplined in their life. And that's what, Paul is talking about right here, uh, the buckle of temperance or the buckle of surrender. It is living your life in such a way that you're not going to let anything get in the way. Because how many times have you, as a Christian, said, man, I'm, I'm going to start doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm not going to do that foolish stuff anymore. I'm not going to have that foolish way of thinking that I used to think before. And, and now I'm going to get on the straight and narrow and I'm going to follow God. And how long does that last? About 32 seconds like me? Yeah, because the devil will you know, throw a deal and he's like, squirrel. And we're like, oh yeah, let's go over here. That looks fun. The buckle of temperance, the buckle of surrender is reserved for those people who focus on what's important, they don't get distracted by the things of this world. That was the devil's whole reason is to try to, to lure you away. And I'm sorry, but there's not a buckle of squirrel. Okay. You don't get buckles for chasing squirrels everywhere. Okay. You don't get buckles for chasing little pretty bunny rabbits apart from what you're supposed to do. I had a dog one time that we were going quail hunting and this dog went out there and he was a buddy of mine's dog. And this dog was out there and he was supposed to be this high dollar quail dog, German short hair or something or another. And, and I said, well, what kind of quail does he hunt? And he said, Bob white. And I said, well, we got blue quail. It's like hunting road runners. He said, oh no, if it's quail, he'll find it. It's like, all right. So we found some quail and the dog jumped out and the dog was right on their tail. And that dog had never seen a jackrabbit before. That dog is after them quail. Nino, right? And that jackrabbit went, and that dog went, and went right after that jackrabbit. That's what we do. But the buckle of temperance, the buckle of surrender is reserved for those people that ain't going to chase bunnies, that ain't going to chase squirrels, that's going to focus on what's important, and they're going to keep on keeping on. The third buckle found in Revelations 2.10. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. 
The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Some people call this the martyr's crown. It's called the crown of life, but isn't it funny that the crown of life is only given to those who suffer and are faithful even unto death. You know, those those ISIS guys, man, they're executing Christians. You know, they're executing Christians and these Christians are remaining faithful. And I'm sorry to say this, but here in America, some people can't even get up on a Sunday morning to worship God. And these people are donating their noggins to God. That's the kind of faith that we need here in America. And those people are going to be given the buckle of life, or maybe we can call it the buckle of sacrifice. We honor those who are willing to die. As a matter of fact, it's Memorial Day. Isn't that what we do? We honor those that have given up their lives in service of our country. But, you know, we, we, we might even be able to take it further, not on Memorial Day, but we have police officers and firemen and National Guard and, and, and all other sorts of people that are willing to give up their lives in pursuit of something that they believe in. And here's a question. Would you die for your faith? I know what you want to say. You want to say the same thing that I say. Yeah, you know, I, you, you know I, I think that if the devil walked up in human form with a sword and said, denounce Christ or I'm going to chop your noggin off, I'd say, go ahead and chop it off. Well, folks, that's easy to say when we're sitting here in comfort out in the sunshine, not when somebody's lifeblood is bleeding to death on the other side of us. But here's the thing. We can all want to say that we would give up our lives for what we believe in. But you know what? You're not going to die for anything that you're not willing to live for. If you ain't living for Christ right now, you ain't going to die for him either. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm never going to pull any punches. But if you're not willing to live for him, you ain't going to die for him. So you can think whatever you want to think with, yeah, I'd give my life for him. Check yourself. Because I check myself, because as a pastor or a preacher, that, that really bothers me. I say, God, yeah, and I've actually prayed this, God, if it ever came down to it, God, you've got to give me the courage. And, I, and he's kind of told me, you know what gives you the courage is living for me today. You live for me, you'll be able to die for me. And I tell him, yes, sir. You think I want to be up here with the scrutiny that comes from being a preacher and and everything? No, I do it because I've given him my life because I want him to be proud of me whenever I get up to heaven. I want that buckle. Shoot, I want I want several of them, maybe all of them. I take all of them. Which one do you want? The fourth one, the buckle of rejoicing. The buckle of rejoicing. Let me put that in better terms. I like to call this one the cowpuncher's buckle. Okay, you know what a cowpuncher is? A cowpuncher is just somebody that goes out there and gathers doctors, brings in the strays. You got cattle out, you call you a cowpuncher. Okay, this buckle is for those that have brought in people, have told them about Jesus, and those people come to the faith because of somebody's testimony or somebody's actions. It's found in Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. For what is our hope, Paul says, our joy? or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. He's saying, man, we have told you about Jesus, and and if you come to the faith and then you turn around and you tell somebody else about Jesus, and and we're going to fill up heaven, heaven is not going to be filled except through the 
power of the testimony of Jesus Christ that his cowboys take out there to the lost and the hurting and those that have strayed away. It is our job. Jesus is the last thing he said on earth. He said, go out and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can start calling that the cowpunchers commission. He says, go out there, man, saddle up, go out there, ride, find somebody. Tell them about me. Tell them about Jesus. Don't tell them about religion. Tell them about Jesus and how he died and how we can have everything that we can be. The only way we can become who we were meant to be is through his grace and his mercy. And where we learn about him and we follow him. That's what the cowpunchers buckle is about. That's what the crown of rejoicing is. Those that have spent their lives telling others about Jesus and those that aren't too busy with their lives to try to share eternity with somebody else. Think about that. A lot of people, this is the question. What am I here for? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Folks, you you may not like this because it's so simple that a lot of people think that it has to be more than this, but it's not. I can tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is to follow God and tell others about him. Now, the way in which you do that is going to be different for everybody. Never compare what God is going to call you to do with what God has called me to do. Because then you start following my ministry instead of following God. You follow God. That is your purpose. Your purpose is to love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Your job is to have a ministry. A ministry is where you meet the needs of others. And when you meet the needs of others, something amazing happens And what happens is God starts meeting your needs and you start finding your purpose and you start finding, you start being fulfilled. And that's when you get the cowpunchers buckle in heaven. And the last one, the crown of never ending glory. Now, 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 you know, we we, we talked about a crown of righteousness, a crown of temperance, a crown of life, uh, a crown of rejoicing. But now we're talking about a crown of never ending ending glory that one sounds pretty sweet that one sounds pretty sweet what does it mean i call it the top hand award the top hand award in first peter five two through four in first peter peter tells us see this bible stuff everybody says it's hard to understand i don't get it if it's in first peter yes he wrote it peter but thessalonians didn't write thessalonians just so you know y'all are hard today and i have to sing kumbaya or something get out and do some tony robbins stuff or something 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never ending glory and honor. He's talking about church leaders. He's talking about church teachers. He's talking about those like, like Abe was talking about this morning. You know, we, we went to a Brandon and, and my son, my sons, my sons, two of my sons were there. And as I'm roping and dragging calves, I've got a son that, that's flanking and I've got another son that's going and putting a mark on them to show that, that they're done. And like Abe said, there was times I thought Griffin was going to get kicked, get both his front teeth knocked out. but. You know what? We tried to pass on knowledge to him. And whenever he applies that knowledge and later it becomes wisdom. And when you get wisdom after you've applied the knowledge, you don't get your teeth kicked in. This crown of never ending glory 
or maybe we could say it the, the, the buckle for the top hand is, from, is for those people who live their lives like all of those others. They have integrity, right? They, they don't start chasing squirrels. They live their life in a way that if it comes down to it, that they're willing to die for what they believe in. And then they also help spread the word of God. Those type of people that turn around and encourage others to do the same thing, not through words, but by their actions. There, they are going to get the buckle of never-ending glory and honor. Never-ending glory and honor. Now, if you look back at these five buckles, these five crowns, i got a question for you. Which one do you want? Because let's be honest, man. If you don't want the reward, you're not going to run the race. Nobody's going to get out there and run the race and be temperate in all they do and sac- be willing to give up their lives and do the right thing every stinking time, no matter who's watching, no matter who cares, no matter who it ticks off. You be who God told you to be. I want every stinking one of you to be top hands. I want y'all to have so many buckles it looks like you got conchos going all the way around when you get up to heaven. That's what I, that's what I want. What do you want? I mean, I'm serious. I'm passionate about this. I'm tired of people thinking that Christianity is is all about sitting in the stands and watching somebody else get a buckle. You were not made for the stands. You were made for the awards ceremony. Man, don't you? We've all seen the the PRCA when when they call that guy up there when he wins. You know, Trevor Brazil been out there like 42 times. He's only like 43 to get his all-around buckle, right? I mean, th- there ain't a cowboy alive that ain't said, man, I wish that was me. There's going to be a bigger award ceremony. There's going to be a big one up in heaven. And I want y'all, I, I want people to get tired of clapping for you. You know, they're like, hey, Kevin Weatherby, again? Yeah, yeah, I want that. And I want you to have that. I, I, I want to be the first one up there so I can give every second one of you a high five when it's your turn to come up there. We're going to spend eternity together. We might as well enjoy each other now. That's going to be a little more work than I'm sometimes willing to put in, but I love you, okay? And you can love me too. I'm hard to love also. I know it. I want what's best for y'all, and I'm telling you what's best for y'all, and the only thing standing in the way is you and your eyes upon what this world has to offer. Man, live, I don't know how else to encourage you. I don't know how else to help you because this is the only thing that matters. You should strive for that buckle of integrity. You should strive for that buckle of surrender or temperance. You should strive for that buckle of sacrifice or the buckle of life. Be willing to die for what you believe in. You should want that, that cow puncher's buckle uh, of being the cowboy that, that, that goes out there and gathers the lost and brings back those that have strayed away, bandaging those that are injured and strengthening those that are sick. Ezekiel 34, 16. And you should want that top hand award. And God wants to give it to you. But he ain't going to make you do it. you got to decide to do it. Won't you come on this journey with me? Seriously. I'm, I, I'm just straight up dead asking every stinking one of you, come on, let's do this thing. 
Let's go where God tells us to go. Let's do what God tells us to do. Let's be who God tells us to be. And let's say what God tells us to say. And let's quit chasing bunnies and cute little squirrels and and fluffy kittens or whatever. We can do this. This is, you are today sitting here and God is offering you a chance at the making of a champion. A champion that might get one, two, three, four, even five buckles to those that are willing and tough enough to follow the greatest man that ever walked this earth. And his name was Jesus Christ. And he was sent by a God that loves us so much. We can't even fathom it. Won't you come with me? And if you come with me, we both can follow the Lord to wherever he leads us. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you so much for these people, these people, man, some of them tried to go to the fairground. Some of them might've tuned in later, whatever, but those that are hearing this message, they ain't here by accident. You brought them from all over the world, all over the country, all from surrounding areas to hear this message because you want them to be a champion. God, lay it on their hearts right now to finally, once and for all, none of that other stuff of making false promises and stuff that they don't keep. Man, impress it upon their heart, God, to accept you right now and to, to forsake everything else in pursuit of who you have called them to be. And when their name is called, when their name is in that book of life and we get up there to that award ceremony in heaven, God, I pray right now that there are so many people lined up that, that it, 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 it may go on forever and we'll be happy to rejoice and to be happy for everybody that walks on that stage. And we will give you the glory and honor when that happens. And it is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.